quickly. Don't ever give up. Uh, too many people give up, but you have to, you, if this is what you want to do, if it's what you really, in your heart, know you have to do, then you have to persist. Even when it gets tough, even when you're discouraged, keep trying. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a Writer's Day podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I'm an award-winning multi-published author. And I'm so glad you're here because this podcast is for you. It's about writing and about authors and chances for you to learn more about the writing process. So welcome. And be sure to sign up for my newsletter because coming in October, I will be having a giveaway. One lucky winner will receive my Kim prayer journal, the corresponding notebook, prayer notebook that comes with it, a custom made bookmark and new coloring pages for you all in one package. So be sure and sign up for my newsletter at artbyruth.com so you can enter that giveaway where I also give away books by authors like Jamie Jo Wright and Jennifer L. Wright and Amanda Cabot. Oh, ooh, I'm having Amanda on my podcast today. And I'll also be giving away books by Sarah Ella and so many more. So yes, it's good to sign up for my newsletter to get free books. And also you'll learn more about my upcoming projects like my next dragon coloring book coming soon, uh, book signing events coming up and more. So be sure and sign up at artbyruth.com and you will receive a free PDF copy of my children's book, Peter and the Dragon Forest, as well as the audio recording of the book too. And it's fun to sit with your kids and listen to the book while they're reading it at the same time. And it's just a great time. So head on over to artbyruth.com today where you can learn more about me and find out more about my books and my artwork. She is the best-selling author of After the Shadows as well as several historical and contemporary romance series. She loves to set her books in the Texas Hill Country, including her newest series, which is Secrets of sweet water crossing and today best-selling author amanda cabot is here to talk about book two in the sweet water crossing series against the wind so you know the drill grab your favorite beverage a comfortable chair kick back and relax as we listen to the amazing amanda cabot discuss her new book against the wind welcome amanda Oh, thanks so much for inviting me to be here, Ruth. It's always such a pleasure to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. That's That just really helps my heart. It really does. <laughs> there are times when I think, I just don't want to do this anymore because I'm so tired and <laughs> I'm thinking nobody listens to my podcast. And then I get a nice comment from someone or I get such a sweet, kind compliment like you just gave me. And I think, you know what? The Lord wants me to keep going, so I'm going to keep doing this because it's such a treat. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I have been discouraged about writing or just discouraged. And then I talk 
with an author such as yourself, a best-selling author. I hear your story and how you write your stories. And by the end of the podcast, I'm usually in tears because I am just so excited to get to writing. And I just thank the Lord for giving me such encouragement. So thank you so much. You're such a treat to have on my podcast every time. Well, thank you. And I am delighted that talking helps to encourage you because I think we all need that encouragement. And sometimes it's only another writer who understands what it's all, what it's like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people have misconceptions and, uh, but writers know what it's like and we know it's hard work. And yet the, I find that the encouragement comes sometimes when you least expect it, mm -hmm. but when you most need it. And that's obviously the Lord's hand at work. Oh, I so agree. So it's, I will definitely keep doing this. And uh, I love helping writers get the word out about their new books. So it's, it's such a win-win all the way around. It's encouraging for me and fun. And I get to meet and talk with amazing best-selling authors such as yourself. And I was just sharing, listeners, I was just sharing with Amanda how she has such an incredible loyal following of readers because every time I record with you, I think this is like what our third podcast interview. Is, yeah. Yeah, but I every so. time I down I release one of your episodes, there are so many downloads. It's like overnight there's like 50 or 60 downloads. So that just tells me that your readers adore you. They want to hear from you and they follow you. So I, I just wanted you to be encouraged by that. Well, I am. And thank you so much for sharing that with me. Of course. So tell us what you've been up to over the summer. <laughs> oh, well, getting ready for the release of Against the Wind and writing the third book in the series, <gasps> Oh, wonderful! which is called Into the Starlight. Mm -hmm. um, it's been through the first round of edits. And here's the exciting part. I just saw what the cover art's oh. going to be like, and I am so pleased with it. Um, I think the covers for this series have been phenomenal. Me too. Starting, starting with the one for After the Shadows, which couldn't have been more perfect. And then you get Against the Wind, where I don't know how anybody could not be intrigued by mm -hmm. that cover. I mean, what is this woman doing standing here on this huge boulder in a field of blue bonnets mm -hmm. with her shawl blowing out behind her. Well, obviously she's against the wind, but why? And that's what I'm hoping that when readers who aren't familiar with me see that cover, they're intrigued enough by it that they say, oh, I've got to know more about this. And maybe they'll pick up the book and read it. Mm, I definitely agree with that. And Ravel does such a beautiful job. And I love the blue bonnets. I've been to the Texas Hill Country. I had an aunt and uncle who lived there for a while. They just recently sold their ranch and moved. But going out there to visit them, you just see all these beautiful blue bonnets. So yeah, beautiful cover. Well done. It does draw the reader in, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, so tell us now about this new story, Against the Wind. Well, it's the story. Um, those of you who've started the series know that we have three sisters. 
and they're what I call part of a blended family. We wouldn't have used that term in the 19th century, but everybody here knows what I mean by that. Um, the first book was about Emily, the oldest of the three sisters. The second book, which is this one, is Louisa's story. She's the youngest of them, and readers got to meet her in After the Shadows. And they probably didn't like her a whole lot because, quite frankly, she wasn't a terribly likable character at that point. <laughs> um, she was really and justifiably upset when Emily came back home after being gone for a year and starts taking over. And I mean, Louise is the one who's been stuck at home. She, because Joanna, the third sister, is in Europe studying music. So Louise is the one who's been at home. She's been taking care of the family. She nurses their mother through her final illness. She's the one who had to deal with her mother's death. Then in comes Emily and says, hey, guess what? Uh, we're going to turn this house into a boarding house. And Louisa says, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> and is so angry that she leaves. She says, I'm just leaving Sweetwater Crossing. So she heads off to Cimarron Creek, which readers may recognize as another one of my fictional towns. So she heads off to, Sweet to Cimarron Creek and spends the better part of a year being trained by both the doctor, whom readers will recognize as Austin Goddard, and the midlife, Thea Michener, both of whom had their own stories. She comes back, Louisa comes back to Sweetwater Crossing, intending to only be there for a couple days because her plan is to go back to Cimarron Creek and finish her training as a doctor and a midwife. But along the way, literally, in front of her, she sees a body on the road. Well, what is happening? She obviously has to stop and help it. And it's a very badly injured man. No surprise to readers. This is our hero. Mm. He's been, his horse has caught its leg in a prairie dog hole, throws him off and disappears. So here is poor Josh, lying out in the blazing Texas sun. He is close to heat stroke. He has a very badly broken leg. Well, Louisa does, I mean, she's a healer. So of course, she gets him into the buggy, takes him to Sweetwater Crossing, and sets his leg. But since there's no other doctor left in Sweetwater Crossing, she has no chance. Uh, to do anything other than stay there for the six weeks that it takes Josh's leg to heal, because she has to be the one to remove the cast. <laughs> she can't exactly expect him to do that. So her plans have changed. Hmm. Meanwhile, we have Josh, who is part of a very influential family in New York City. The family owns... Uh, what they refer to or what the grandfather refers to as the New World's answer to Fortnum and Mason's. It's a specialty grocery shop store. Grandfather is close to retiring. He has two grandsons and he says to them, well, one of you is going to take over, but the way I'm going to decide which one of it you it is, 
is the person who comes up with the best idea for taking our company into the next century. Josh's cousin goes off to Europe. Josh has a different idea, and he decides to come to, to travel the country and to find recipes that are representative of the United States. And he's doing really well with that. He's excited about this prospect until the accident, because you see, the horse is gone, and all of those recipes are in his saddlebags. He doesn't have them anymore. So now he's got nothing. Mm -hmm. And he's stuck in Sweetwater Crossing for six weeks with the clock ticking. How on earth is he going to win his grandfather's challenge? But he has to. I mean, he's just convinced that he has to win this challenge. So that's our problem. Oh, I see. The stakes are pretty high. He could lose everything. And then when Louisa comes back, did her sisters turn the house into a boarding house like she had feared? Or They did. Oh. And, I mean, she she's learning to deal with that. And she has learned a lot. She has mellowed over the year that she was gone. And she's recognized that having the family home as a boarding house isn't something she would ever want to have done, but it was the right decision for Emily and the right decision for, for Finley House. Um, and so we see a reconciliation between the two sisters. Nice. I like that. I like how both characters, Louisa and Josh, are dealing with, you know, having to recover from loss and they're now starting to deal with the change that's happened. And so do you find that this is what brings them together, that they both have some common threads going through their lives that kind of brings them together? Absolutely. Other than they, the obvious, you know, other than the broken leg. <laughs> yeah, they both have their, they have their lives planned, but nothing is going according to plan. And so they have to learn to take a step back and say, you know, maybe what I thought my life was supposed to be isn't what God had in mind for me. Maybe I need to, to look at things a little differently. And so they're, they're learning a lot about each other and about themselves throughout this story. And that is definitely something that your readers can relate to. I think all of us have had to go through that at, at some point in our lives, you know, where we had our plan and then God puts in that plot twist and we have to adjust, you know, our lives and then something else happens. And, <laughs> but that's what makes us more resilient and I think more interesting too. So, well, and then as time passes, we discover that our plans weren't the right ones after all. And that the change that happened has benefits and that we are stronger and probably better people as a result of that. But it's not easy when it happens. I mean, dealing with change is not easy for anyone. That's true. And I think that's what makes for such interesting characters that readers really like. It would be so boring to read a book where the, nothing ever happens to a character and every dream they ever wanted comes true. So by giving your characters these obstacles that they have to overcome and they grow in resilience and strength, 
I think that's what makes your readers really want to turn the page and find out what happens next to your characters. So well done. Now, I was told that there's a hint of danger that threatens Louisa. Can you provide us a little information about that, the intrigue? (laughs) Well, here's the problem that Louisa faces. I told you she's a doctor in training and she's also a midwife. And she knows that the that Sweetwater Crossing is not the place for her, but she's there and determined that she is going to provide medical care for the townspeople because they have no other choice. I mean, she's the only one. Well, a lot of people are not real happy about that. Um, First of all, she's a woman. And I mean, one of the men says to her, hey, women just don't, they're not strong enough to be doctors. They have no right being doctors. And someone is so convinced that she should not be a doctor that there are some things that happen to that put her in danger and try to, as this person tries to convince her that being a doctor is not what you should be doing. You're a woman. You should be staying home, raising children. Ah, so that's the challenge that comes to her. Interesting. It's hard to believe for some listeners that, yes, there was a time in our history where women couldn't be doctors, and to see a female doctor was quite the shock. (laughs) There were a few in the 19th century, but you know, you can count them on one hand. Mm -hmm. And we're talking small town, Texas Hill Country. Definitely not ready for a woman doctor. Mm. And in fact, she's also a midwife. And there is some resistance to that as well. There are some people who don't, some women who say, hey, there is no reason for a midwife. You know, women have been having babies on their own forever. And she's there cringing, saying, yeah, and some of them have died when Mm -hmm. they shouldn't have. But She's got to prove herself, and she has two problems. First of all, she's a woman, and that's the biggest one. But the other one is that she grew up here, so the people are used to seeing her. She's little Louisa, you know, the youngest of the Vaughn sisters, and they don't recognize that she's an adult now and that she's trained. You know, they just still see her as the little one. Mm-hmm. Yes, as the youngest of four children, I still deal with that phenomenon from time to time from my older siblings. <laughs> uh, I think they will always see us as little kids until we prove ourselves. So, yeah. Is doing all the historical research part of what you love most about writing historical novels? do enjoy it. Um, I mean, it's so much fun to find out how people lived. I mean, it's one thing to read about the events of the time, you know, pull out your basic history book and hmm, read, well, during the Civil War, this battle happened here and there. But it's when you start putting personal um, traits to it, when you see what the people went through how they lived. Uh, And that's what makes it fun for me to take a period in history and say, 
what was it like to live them? Um, what were what were the problems? What did people, how did people react at this point? I mean, I think fundamentally people are the same, no matter what century you're living in. But customs are different and expectations are different. And when we're dealing with the 19th century, I mean, there were very clear roles for men versus women. And so I have fun taking characters who break those rules and who challenge the common wisdom that says, this is what a woman should do, and this is what a woman should not do. And so it's um, it's fun doing it. Hmm. That sounds so interesting. And I know you have a lot, of, a lot of readers who appreciate all the work you do and all the detail you put into these amazing stories. So well done t- for you. Now, when does this next uh, book three come out? July of next year. I believe okay. the date is July 16th. Okay. And we so, know we'll, we'll blink a few times and it'll be here. That's how fast it goes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. That's what happens. I remember talking to you about book one. And then here we are already talking to you about book two in the Sweetwater Crossing series set in the beautiful hill country of Texas. Wonderful. Now, Listeners, you can connect with Amanda over at amandacabot.com, and that's where they find information about your books and links to your social media, and they can sign up for your newsletter, correct? That is correct, and I encourage them to do that because then they'll know what's going on, and they'll never miss important news or giveaways or good stuff. And you also provide resources for writers, too. I do. There is a whole section called Four Writers. Nice. That's very encouraging. What do you think is the biggest misconception people have about writing and publishing today? That it's easy. (laughs) (laughs) And it certainly isn't. Um, I can't even tell you how many people I know who've said to me, you know, I really plan to write a book. And Some of them even get started, but the percentage of those writers, those aspiring writers who reach it to the end of the book is really, really small. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because it's hard work. You know, you come up, you've got an idea and you can write that idea down. Oh, here's, you know, my two sentence uh, synopsis of the story, but Turning that into a manuscript of 90,000 words takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. And as I said, it's not easy. There are times when it's fun, no doubt about that, but it's work. And I think people who haven't done it don't realize just how much work is involved. That is so true. It is not easy, but it's worth it. It's one of those things where it's hard work, but it's so worth it when you're holding the final product in your hand and you have a group of you know the publisher the editors standing behind you encouraging you so that's why i always end my podcast with uh, encouragement for people to keep going forward on this writing journey exactly don't ever give up Uh, too many people give up but you have to you if this is what you want to do if it's what you really in your heart know you have to do 
then you have to persist. Even when it gets tough, even when you're discouraged, keep trying. It's the only way. Mm, wise words indeed. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining me again on my podcast. It's always such a treat to talk with you. Oh, thanks so much for having me here. It's fun. Wasn't that great to listen to Amanda talk about Against the Wind and the historical research that she did for the book? I love it. I could definitely identify with Louisa, her character who is the youngest of the three sisters, the Vaughn sisters, because uh, yeah, I'm the youngest too. So I think she did a great job of capturing the frustration that the youngest child can sometimes have. But I also think that she's great at providing those obstacles for her characters to overcome. As a writer, you can learn so much about character development from Amanda. She does such a great job with it. But she also is encouraging Encouraging to you, encouraging to me to keep going on this writing journey, always going forward, one step at a time. So keep going, don't quit, and always give it over to God. And until next time, God bless.